The Daily Tap is live for Friday. It is March 24th. We are talking about the what-if game with the Marquette Golden Eagles. After a crazy night of basketball, I'm just wondering what could have been. We'll also talk about the Bucks weekend. We'll maybe preview the road trip. We'll talk about the Jokic matchup on Saturday. Why I wouldn't be mad if the Bucks decided to sit some guys on tonight or tonight against Utah. We'll get into that. And then we'll talk about Matt Arnold's busy weekend. He has some choices to make. What will those choices end up being? And that will be today's show. Um, maybe we'll do a little free talk at the end. I don't know. It's going to be probably a shorter show. Uh, it's a Friday show. It's an extra show for me. I was thinking about that. I usually only do three solo shows a week, and then I have one with Mitch. Then we take a day off. That's what we've been doing. We've seen really good results. I've said this before, but the listens have been out of this world for the month of March. You guys have been killing it. I really don't know what started that. I have no idea if it was just being on all the social platforms, if it was something else. Uh, but whatever we were doing right now, it's fucking cool. And I'm really happy for it. I, I'm mad it took this long. Uh, but we're here. And that's good. And that's really exciting. And if you want to support us even more, you can leave a review. You can leave a rating. Oh, that is my dog. She is saying hello. She's happy to be here. You can also throw the throw a podcast in the group chat. You can share it on socials. Tell your friends about us. Like, if you're trying to help the pod, that's all that we would we would love. Word of mouth is great. Uh, talking about what we do. If you have any feedback for us, how we can be better, I would love that. I'd welcome that. Uh, Instagram DMs open. Twitter DMs open. Uh, you can certainly fire those in. And if you had ideas, I would love them. If you have segment ideas, you have things we're not talking enough about, uh, things we're talking too much about, you're like, Jesus Christ, another topic about this. I am totally open for ideas. I'm totally open for feedback. I'm totally open for criticism. Uh, it's okay to be critiqued sometimes. You know, even the best get critiqued. I'm not calling myself the best because I'm not. I still have a long way to go to to be that, but I think we do a pretty good job here. And if you don't know that we're on social media, uh, tap the keg on Twitter, tap the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. And I'd like to think that we are a great community. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the TikTok man at the end of the pod in part of the free talk. I, I do want to talk about that. Again, it's not a sports topic at all, but it's interesting as how it pertains to me, how it pertains to a lot of people who are doing my shit. Um, I am definitely down on the totem pole in terms of like people that matter if TikTok gets banned. But I, I do think it's an interesting discussion. So I might want to have that at the end of the pod. I think we're going to do that. Uh, it's it's a Friday pod. You could clearly tell. The vibes are high. We're feeling good. We got another round of Sweet 16 games. But I will be wishing that Marquette somehow, some way, was there at the Elite Eight. Watching the classic of Michigan State and Kansas State, which was an all-out slobber knocker, uh, one of the best Sweet 16 games you'll watch. Uh, Gonzaga UCLA was just as good. It was. I don't think that game to me was as good. I saw Matt Norlander ask that question on CBS or on Twitter, who he works for CBS, and I think Michigan State Kansas State's much better just because that game was back and forth the entire time. That was just two great teams trading blows left and right. With Gonzaga and UCLA, you know. UCLA led for a while. They were up by 13 and a half. Gonzaga comes back. Gonzaga's winning by, I think, 13. I'm texting multiple group chats. My dad, like, hey, Sonogo versus Timmy is going to be a war. Like, that's going to be an awesome matchup. And then all of a sudden, UCLA comes back. Gonzaga then comes back to their comeback. 
and they end up winning that game. But I don't think it's as good as Kansas State and Michigan State. And that was the game that Marquette could beat because Michigan State was the team that eliminated them. Now, I'm not going to play the excuse game. I'm not going to make any sort of excuses for Marquette. I, I really am not. Like, Marquette did not play well in that game. They turned the ball over. If I wanted to make excuses, I'd blame the ball. But I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to say, like, hey, look, this is this was just a bad game for Marquette. We have we went over that on Monday's pod. But I said on Monday's pod, you can't tell me that you're not going to think about it on Thursday night. And I sure as hell did. I did multiple times. When Marquis Noel was doing what he's doing against Kansas State, or against Michigan State, excuse me, I was like, he got shut down against Marquette. Stevie Mitchell would have put him in his pocket. Like Marquis Noel, that was a great story. I'm not trying to shit on Marquis Noel, but Stevie Mitchell would have dominated Marquis Noel. Kansas State turns the ball over a ton as a basketball team. Marquette would have ate them for lunch. Marquette, that Kansas State is the perfect matchup for Marquette. In terms of the three seeds, Baylor and Kansas State both played perfectly into Marquette's hands. Baylor, we've already seen it. They would have done it again. Same same scenario. Gonzaga would have been an issue. Xavier is the other three. We already saw what happened there. And that's the part that really chaps my ass about this. If it was Kentucky and it was Shibway, I would be like, you know what? I don't know if we have a we have a legitimate shot here. Shibway would have had 30 rebounds. I mean, Signogo nearly won that UConn game himself when they played against Marquette. And I'll, I'll get to UConn in a second because I, I have, like, another side of this perspective uh, momentarily here. But I can only be so bad about it for so long because that's the tournament, right? There are always going to be teams like this. That UCLA team is going to wonder what happened if we just stayed healthy. What if Jalen Clark doesn't tear his Achilles? What if Bono could play tonight, right? Like, if, if that happens, they probably win that game. And then they go to the Elite Eight and maybe the Final Four and maybe the National Championship game. They will always wonder that. That UCLA team is as good as the UCLA team has been in forever, yet they do not have a championship. They have one Final Four, which I think is a big accomplishment, but just a Final Four. There are teams, you know, Purdue, They were. T- I was listening to Mark Titus's podcast uh, from Wednesday with John Rothstein about how many opportunities Purdue has had. Look at the Purdue team last year. That was even more talented than this team. They lost to fucking St. Mary's, right? Look at Tennessee. I had said on yesterday's podcast when I did like quick picks at the end of the pod that Tennessee, I felt like it was like a Tony Bennett year for Rick Barnes. It was all working out. And if you looked at like the analytics, like we studied Ken Palm, which is a lot of stuff I do when I'm making, you know, how I'm, how I'm going to wager and what I'm going to do, a little behind the scenes. I look at some other stuff too. But Tennessee is the best defensive team against the three-point shot. All Florida Atlantic does is shoot threes. That's all they want to do. That's their entire game plan. They're also Tennessee is also much more big, much bigger. Uh, most likely, much more bigger. That's that's not good. That's not good grammar there. Uh, I think much more bigger. No, that can't. I someone check me on that. That's good grammar, bad grammar. I think it's bad grammar. I may or not have had a few drinks before I did this podcast. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, Tennessee is bigger than than Florida Atlantic, right? Like massively bigger. I think Tom Fernelli had it. Like they're twenty third in terms of size. And Florida Atlantic's 285. Like, what did the actual fuck, man? That should have been a 
silver plate ride for Tennessee. And oh yeah, by the way, Kansas State also not very big. So Tennessee should have been able to waltz their first Final Four. I think ever. I don't know if Tennessee's ever got to a Final Four. They would have been able to get to a Final Four. Yet Rick Barnes and Tennessee, not Tennessee and not Rick Barnes, but Tennessee has has won an eight in Sweet 16s. So they'll also wonder, what if? Just at another stage. And maybe Arizona's feeling this way, right? Arizona, Creighton, potentially, right? Could it have been Arizona? And do they feel that way? I'm sure as hell Purdue feels that way a little bit. And so I think you always, the what if stage never goes away, right? It kind of takes it down a notch once you get to the Elite Eight, once you're kind of two two steps removed. I think you you get further and further away from it. But man, oh man, did Mark have a good chance. And you just saw how Kansas State sliced up Michigan State's defense. Now, is that because Jerome Tang had four days to prepare for Michigan State and Marquette had one? And maybe that's, you know, what Tang found with four days of research and really studied and holding it on a team and was able to carve up the defense that gave Marquette fits. In Kansas State, as mentioned, similar profile in terms of their size and the way they play. Like, they, I wouldn't say they're cousins. I wouldn't say they're, like, brothers, but they're cousins, right? I think you could, you could easily say that. And so what did Shaka Smart miss in terms of his study? And who does that fall on? And how do you fix that next time around? Was it really just amounting to Tyler Cole was hurt, Marquette had that game, and they just turned the ball over a bunch in a three- to four-minute period, and that's the whole reason they lost. It had nothing to do with the game plan. Defensively, Marquette play had a great game plan. Like, they held Michigan State to 60 points. Michigan State had the point for every bucket. They hit some wild shots at the end. Like, the shots that Tyson Walker hit at the end of that game were crazy. So I think you're always going to have, like, this what if. Like, what the hell? Like, this could have been us. I think every team that's in the tournament that had a legitimate shot where people picked them in their Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, wherever the else the hell you, you do brackets, where everyone picked them to at least maybe Final Four Elite Eight, those teams will wonder what if at some point, unless they get to the Final Four or the National Championship game. But let's talk a little bit about UConn, too. And, and the reason why I want to talk about UConn is the only team really to beat them recently has been Marquette. That's it. And UConn's red hot. UConn destroyed Arkansas. I was way wrong about that game. I thought Arkansas would keep it close. I thought they'd be able to be physical with the Huskies, and it just was not the case. UConn, to me, it's hard to see a team that's been played better than UConn. And I still don't trust Danny Hurley. It's fucking crazy. I I still expect Danny Hurley to just crumble in in a big moment. And maybe that's just a bad bias that I have. But I, I think I still like Gonzaga on, on Saturday. Because I just, I don't know, man. At some point, I feel like the dam is going to break with Danny Hurley. And he can't handle these big moments because he just has too much of a fucking temper. But if you go to UConn's schedule and you pull up since January 31st, when they destroyed DePaul 90-76, to they're 6-6 six and six in the Big East Conference. They would go on to lose only one game, a close one, to Creighton. Other than that, they won, they won out. They won seven of their last eight. 
Then they went eight and nine. They lost to Marquette. That was eight and ten. And now they've won three straight. So eleven of their last fourteen games for the UConn Huskies. Marquette is one of those three teams that beat them. And Marquette beat them. And we we know this. It was a fight. It was an absolute war. It was probably the best win of the season. That or the Creighton game is probably the best win of the Marquette season. And you will always be able to hang your hat on that. Like if you got goes to the Final Four or they they win it all, you can kind of always have that little feather in your hat, right? Now, would UConn fans be like, "Yeah, you won the Big East, but we won the NCAA tournament"? Yeah, they would do that. They're they're a snarky bunch. If you follow No Escalators on Twitter, uh, he he's one of the elite college basketball Twitter chirpers. Uh, they're going to say shit, but at the same time, you look it back and you're like, okay. You said we own the place and Marquette took care of business. Marquette beat them and they won. And it was, and they won in their, in that kind of, it was their style. It was UConn's style. Marquette still won. So I, I look at that and I, I still feel like that, that's a bigger accomplishment today than it was two weeks ago. You know, two Fridays ago, when we were talking about that. It's a bigger deal now, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Let me know. But I, I just I look at it and I, I kind of admire it a little bit more. And I, I I wish I like not one of those people who DVR games, which I probably should, just to, you know, throw something on when I'm bored. But like I I would watch that over again. Like just to get my fix a little bit. To say, all right, this is the team this might be the last team that beat UConn if they go all the way. We'll just have to see. So while I'm disappointed Marquette didn't continue on, there's still things about March that I keep coming back to and that put a smile on my face. And I'm glad we're not Arizona. I'm glad we're not Purdue. Hell, I'm, I'm even glad we're not Kansas, right? I, I, I have to think, even though UConn might have beat Kansas, I think if you're Kansas, you're wondering, how the fuck did we lose to this team? UConn's doing this. Why did we? How do we not? How do we not win that game? Remember, they blew a lead too. They were up by ten, I think, in the second half. So we'll just have to see. And there will be teams tonight that will have the same what ifs that we saw this at this evening that Marquette and other people had from the round second round. The what ifs never really stop. The what ifs don't even stop at the fucking championship game. You lose the title game, you're going to wonder what could I have done differently, you know, to win that. What could my team done? You're like, I'm not the team. It's like, you know, but what could my team done differently to win that basketball game? It's always going to be there. But there's still there's still a lot of good memories, and those those ones will outweigh the what ifs. You know, couple couple months from now, right? I, uh, I I've said this before, but. Um, I went to the Packer 49er game where it was cold, snowy, zero degrees, snow falling, play, first playoff game I'd ever been to. And they lost. They, you know, you guys know what happened. You know, Aaron Rodgers' last playoff game as a Packer, uh, which I didn't realize I had that distinction, but now I do. And my wife was like, well, how was it? Or like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, this absolutely sucks. I think in six months I'll reflect that, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool that I was there. And this is before I knew Rodgers, you know, would not get back to the playoffs. And I, now that it was his last playoff game, it's kind of there. It's there for me. And it's always a memory. And that was the first game I went with Murph. 
Um, and so I think I have that memory. Um, so it's like, you'll, you'll still keep your memory. The Those good memories outweigh the bad ones more times than not. Every now and again, there's a bad heartbreak where it just, it kind of never leaves you. And for UCLA, maybe that this won't leave them because Gonzaga got them again. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to see. And maybe Michigan State feels the same way. All right, let's move on away from March Madness. Uh, actually, before we do, before we do, it's Friday. Just give out a few picks. Uh, I did this. I think I was wrong. I can't remember what. I think I said Michigan State. I ended up picking Kansas State. Third. But anyways, without any research, here's what I think happens tomorrow. Tomorrow, I like, I like Alabama, but close um, tomorrow. I like Miami. That's big upset here. Creighton, I think, takes care of business. And give me Texas. So pretty chalky. The Miami one would be the stunner. Um, I've been on that one for a bit, and we're going to ride it out. So it's all about the U. All right, let's move on to our other topics. Bucks have a mountain weekend. They go to Utah, then they go to Denver. That is a lot of altitude for our Bucks. Giannis disagreed with the one seed comment. I didn't see that when I, I did the whole pod of the one seed. You can go back and listen if you didn't listen last yesterday. Giannis was basically like, I don't really care. I just want everybody to be healthy. Which sort of spit in the face of what Grace Allen said. Now, was that a competitive thing for Giannis? Did he, I mean, Giannis hears everything. Giannis acts like he doesn't. He hears everything, just like Rodgers. And maybe Giannis was like, you know what? We don't need Grace Allen pumping his chest to say that we're the one seed. And maybe that was him to be like, okay, calm down. We just want to be healthy. That's all that matters. We don't really care our seed. If we're healthy, that's, that will help us in the long run. Now, do I think that means that there will be days off for the Bucs in terms of their best players? I think they're going to get selective about it. I don't think you're going to need every Bucks player to play against Detroit and Indiana to win. I think Giannis will rest one of those nights. I think Chris will get a night off. He probably, I would be surprised if he plays tonight. I would prefer him to play against Denver. That would, to me, would make no sense to have Chris play tonight and not play against the Nuggets tomorrow. In my opinion, if he wasn't going to play the back-to-back, um, I think Drew will get a night off. I think Brooke Lopez will get a night off. Uh, Jay Crowder hopefully can come back from the calf soreness. That's a weird one. I don't really like that, that Jay Crowder... You know, plays for a little while and then immediately has an injury. That happened to P.J. Tucker. Am I forgetting that? I know it took P.J. Tucker forever to get on the court, but didn't he get hurt? Someone will have to check that one for me, but I'm pretty sure that happened. And so that that I don't exactly like. But I look at this with against Utah. Utah is resting everybody uh, tonight. They're not playing. Lori Market had not played. Jordan Clarkson hasn't been played for a while, but he's out. I think someone else is not playing tonight as well, which is wild to me because the Jazz are in 12th spot, and it's wide open. Like, Jazz can still make the playoffs if they want, and they're resting dudes. It says kind of what, it kind of says everything you need to know about this Jazz team, right? It's like, why are you, why exactly are you resting guys? You should not be resting anybody tonight, yet you're resting Lori Market and Rudy Gay also not playing Giant Juzang looks like he's doubtful. Like, that's crazy that all of these guys are sitting. Oh, Chris Middleton is out tonight. So Chris Middleton isn't playing. I didn't know that. Didn't have that on me. But so no Chris Middleton, also no Jay Crowder. So 
yeah, it's it is interesting. I, I think you're gonna see some load management stuff here for the Bucks because I don't think you need that against Detroit and Indiana. I do think Utah's tough at home, right? They're 22 and 14. The Walker Kessler uh matchup between him and Brooke Lopez will be fascinating to watch to see see what happens there. Try to think if they had Giannis the first time they played against the Jazz. I think might not have. Yeah, Giannis did not play that first matchup against the Jazz when the Bucs absolutely killed him. 123 to 97. Bobby had a big game of that one. Drew Holiday also contributed 21 points, but on, on 16 shots. Uh, who else played well? Oh, that was a big Marshawn Bochamp game. That was like when everyone thought Marshawn Bochamp had arrived. So maybe we'll get some meaningful Marshawn minutes. Yeah, it's a good match of the last time against the Jazz. But yeah, I um, I look at this one and it's just take care of business. It's the same with the Spurs. The other night, it's a little tougher because it's on the road. Utah is a very tough place to play, uh, but just get it done. Just make sure make sure you win this one, and then you have the big Jokic matchup. And the Giannis is going to want to go balls to walls against Jokic. Giannis can talk about how he doesn't care about the MVP, how the MVP really doesn't matter to him. And I will tell you right now, that man is going to play like a man on fire against Jokic. And he is going to want to make a statement. Just like Embiid is going to want to make a statement on Monday when they play Jokic. Jokic, I'd be terrified if I was him. Because I think you have two guys that are smelling blood in the water. And I think Giannis does a little bit better than Embiid. But to Embiid's credit, and I'll give Embiid a lot of credit on this pod, he, he also does a good job of sensing, you know, Okay, there, there's it's eating time. Like it's time to eat, and and so I I will not be surprised if Joel Embiid, you know, comes through with a big performance just like Giannis Antetokounmpo will. And I don't think it's a measuring stick game for the Bucks when it comes to the Nuggets. Um, I think it would be important to win in that arena. I always like to do that. I don't think they, they lost to the Suns. I think in 2021 when they played there. Uh, in the regular season. And so, it you know, and at the end of the day, it didn't matter. And they were able to win one out of the three games they played in Phoenix. And that's all they needed. And they won a championship. So there you go. And they just needed game five, which was arguably the best game that this Bucks team would play. I, I think bar none. If you look at the stats, you look at just how good Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday were in that game, that to me is like the apex of the Bucks so far. Now, could they hit that again? Potentially. But I do think it helps to feel comfortable in the, in the gym, right? And they've they've done okay in Denver, actually. That is that is the one thing. Like, they, they've had, had some victories in Denver. It's not like Denver is a house of horrors for them. I, th- I do worry, though, will they run out of gas? Like, I could certainly see a situation where the Bucks take care of business tonight because Utah has rested a bunch of dudes. Then on Saturday, first half, Goes really well. It's like well, we're all freaking out about Giannis against Jokic, and then the Bucks kind of run out of gas, and it's really close to the fourth quarter. And then maybe you have to rely on that defense to take you home. But Bucks can also, you know, deliver another statement. I mean, if the Bucks beat up the Nuggets. Like let's just hypothetically say that does happen. That would then be the third NBA West contender in the last two weeks. The Bucks have dismantled. Just consider that little food for thought, right? And I know the Kings dismantling didn't happen until the fourth quarter. I know they let let off the gas a little bit against the Suns and then dismantled them in the fourth again. 
But if they do that again to the Nuggets, I think that's it's a major problem if your team's in the West because you're like, all right, well, we can't win the title if the Bucs are there because the Bucs have really done well against the West this year too. And that's another thing to think about when you talk about finals, talk about is there really a team you don't want to see in the finals? Maybe the Warriors just because they've been there so many times. But even that, I, I feel I actually feel really confident against the Warriors. I just think that just the way they have no answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like the game in, in Golden State the other the other weekend. Was that last weekend? Weeks ago? It's all like blended together. Bucks would have won like oh that was two weeks ago. Bucks would have won that game going away without with Giannis. And I, I've said that before, but uh, it's bears it bears repeating. And they had that game wrapped up. They just they just blew it. And that happens, right? It's basketball. You have dumb things, right? And so I look at this trip. This weekend should be one. It's You definitely expect one and one. Be very disappointed if it's 0-2. I think 0-2 would be slight panic-inducing, knowing Boston also has a game on Friday night. So Boston can get a game on you if you were to lose to the lowly Jazz. You do not want that to happen. I'll look to see. I think Philly plays Golden State, actually. So Philly also plays that night. So Philly could gain, gain a game as well. So there, there is a lot there. There's a lot of a lot of potential to have some shifting. So it's a, Friday is a big night tonight. Tonight's a big night in the NBA with all three teams playing at the same same day. So it means that if the Bucs were to win and both the Sixers and Celtics were to lose, the Bucs would then move up to a three-and-a-half game and a four-game lead. But, yeah, it's there. this is a big one. Tonight's big. Actually, Friday needs a lot more. Uh, so hopefully the Bucs get done tonight. Uh, it matters a little bit more with Boston and Philly both playing. And if they can get that and one or two can lose, that could be very significant for your – Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see how this mounted weekend goes. And then they got to Detroit. And then they had to Indiana. So weird. It's a weird road trip, right? Yeah, Giannis thought it was only a two-game road trip. I also thought it was only a two-game road trip. And then you're like, okay, uh, Detroit, Indiana. Then you go home and you pay Boston and Philadelphia. That is a great gift from the league. Much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk more about those Boston and Philly games uh, next week. Uh, on on the later parts of next week's shows. All right, let's move and wrap up today with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are wrapping up spring training. They have two, four games left, I think. That's something like that. Uh, they're almost done. Uh, and they have a lot of decisions to make this weekend. Matt Arnold is definitely working the clock this weekend. Uh, not a free weekend for him. I don't know where he went to school. Hopefully his team's not playing in the Elite Eight. I don't think Matt Arnold's going to have a lot of time. Matt Arnold has some decisions to make. Matt Arnold has to decide on Luke Voigt. I think the deadline is either today or tomorrow on whether Luke Voigt stays or Luke Voigt is allowed to sign with somebody else. I think Luke Voigt has made a case in the spring, in spring training. I think having his power on the bench combined with Joey Weimer it's really nice to have. I think that he's done more in terms of the spring training than Castagera. This is a competition. I think you have to, you know, be honest with yourself. And at some point, it's time to let go. And Castagera has not proved. There's nothing that has changed with Castagera. And I know we talked about it on Wednesday's show. Uh, but it bears repeating. 
because there's nothing there that says, hey, Castigura is, you know, immediately fixed. Like Castigura, there are signs that this is all coming together for him. He looks great. He's in the best shape of his life. His defense is all of a sudden better. There is none of that story. There is not one story about that. You look through McCalvey, you look through Rosiak, you look through Kurt Hogg. There are no fucking stories about Castigura suddenly improving. And I, I, as I said on, on Wednesday show, I like Castigura. But at some point, you got to be honest with yourself. At some point, you got to look yourself in the, in the mirror and say, all right, it's not going to work out. It's kind of like a failed first or second round pick in the NFL where you hold on, you hold on, you hold on, and you're like, baby, 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 and then you finally cut bait. And if that person turns out to be a stud on another team, maybe that's what it was destined to be. And I, I really do believe that'll happen. And I I just, I look at what Luke Voigt's done. I think, yeah, it's not great defensively. Do they really need a D, another DH because they have Jesse Winker? Yeah, I could, I could understand that. But what is he giving you, or what is Kira giving you that's better than Luke Voigt, I think is, would be my question. I think Luke Voigt can hit absolute takes at, Miller, at uh, American Family Field. And so because of that, I feel like you have to, I think you give that that a shot. And you just add more power to your bench. And that's something the Brewers have lacked and they desperately need. So that's decision number one. Decision number two is what do you do about Gus Farland? We didn't talk about Gus Farland on Wednesday show. We might have mentioned it slightly with the bullpen. But what do you do with Gus Farland? So with Gus Farland, you have a situation where he's a Rule 5 guy from the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. For those who aren't familiar with how the Rule 5 draft works, you have to put guys in there who basically you can't keep on. You're, they're not in your 40-man roster. It's you know guys that are in a pool, and other teams can draft them. Now, but the rule with the Rule 5 is that you have to commit to you know putting this guy in your big league roster. It's very confusing. I'm probably doing a shitty job explaining it. But basically, the short and sweet of it is, if the Brewers don't add Gus Marlin to their big league roster, they have to trade it. They have to give him back to the Dodgers. The Dodgers can reassign him wherever, double-A, triple-A, wherever it may be. Marlin has been throwing absolute gas. He started tonight against the Padres, and he struck out everyone. He, <laughs> he has 15 strikeouts in 30 innings and one walk. He's throwing 97, pure cheese. You don't get rid of Gus Marlin. That with the success you've had with relievers, and I'm not saying Gus Marlin should be up this year, but Gus Marlin could be your next Devin Williams in the sense that at some point Devin Williams is going to want to get paid like everybody else. And paying closers as a small market team makes absolutely no fucking sense. And so when Devin Williams is done, it steps Gus Marlin. And then you just repeat the fucking cycle. Maybe don't do it in the way you did it with the hater train, but it's the exact same thing. And Varland and Williams would be an electric one-two punch. Is Varland ready to be a big league pitcher this year? Probably not. Could the Brewers work out a deal with the Dodgers to send something back so that the Dodgers feel like they're satiated? Is that guy Castanjera? Okay. I don't know how I feel about this. I really don't. I think if I'm giving Jira to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are great at reclamation projects, 
But he's in the AL. I know you'll see him, you know, first series, right? But in terms of the playoffs, you won't see Castillo until the World Series. If you put him on the Dodgers, like there's a chance Castillo, you're facing him in the NLCS. You're facing him in the NLDS. And all of a sudden, Castillo has the DH for the Dodgers, and he's batting eighth. And it's this comeback story of this California kid, you know, fi- finding himself former top pick. That's certainly on the table, and that would make me sick. It, it really would, because just the there is a Dodger Brewer rivalry. It's not, I don't know if it's as strong as some of the other rivalries, but it's there. You don't really, you don't really forget 2018 when you were one game away from winning the World Series. You're Chris Taylor got or not winning the World Series, getting to the World Series. That was the cheating Astros they had to deal with. So they probably would have lost, but you were one game away. You were one Chris Taylor unbelievable catch away from being in the World Series. It was at home. Everything, the you know, table was set, and Brewers couldn't finish. That's okay. I mean, that game was extremely dramatic, um, and was a very good one. Uh, but I I look at that, and I I just, I, I can't get over, I can't get over that part. Can't get over giving up Castillo. I think that's the kind of value. I would much rather give up, like, a guy in double A or, or single A who's maybe a little more of a lottery ticket. But I don't know if the Dodgers are going to accept that. The Dodgers might look at it and say, oh, this guy's a stud. Telling us we could have this guy and maybe next year he's part of our back end bullpen. Oh, that sounds great to us. So I, I have no idea what Matt Arnold's going to do in that situation. I think that one's actually harder than the Voight Hero thing. The Voight Hero thing is like, okay. You do this, and it's very possible that one happens after the other. Now, could he use here as leverage? Sure. Phillies just lost Reese Hoskins. Castillo probably would fit in Philadelphia. Again, that would be a team that, again, I would not like him being in the NL, but if that's how you got to do it, that's how you got to do it. And maybe that's, where, maybe that's where he ends up. Maybe it's the Phillies look at it and say, all right, that's a cheap option. Guy we can have on our team, and we're we're gonna go with that instead. So we'll have to see. And then there are other little decisions, right? You know, will Joey Weimer make the team? I think Bryce Trang is gonna be starting. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, I he's had a pretty solid spring too. So excited to see what Bryce can do. Garrett Mitchell starting. That's that's cool. You know, will Weimer actually get in because Tyron Taylor's you know not gonna be back for a month? That and Weimer takes his spot. Maybe. Um, those are all, all things that will start getting decided. I imagine Corbin Burns is taking the ball on, on opening day. I don't see why not. And then I think it's Willie Woodruff. And I think Lauer. I, mean, I said Peralta, but the fact that it would be lefty-lefty, I think you would you want to split those lefties up if you can. And then Peralta for opening day in Milwaukee. But I think all will be answered. I think we'll have all those answers Monday uh, and Monday. For the people, oh, I was gonna do free talk on, on TikTok. Let's let's do that before I, I wrap up today's show. I should really put out a poll on the socials to see if you guys like the free talk. Basically, if you will, TikTok might get banned. Actually, it will get banned uh, from the United States. Uh, it they had a disastrous congressional meeting. It was really really rough. Basically, the short and sweet of it is TikTok CEO. Did not do his company any favors, and basically everybody believes that 
TikTok is an arm for the Chi the Chinese government to spy on Americans. Now, you could probably say, Charlie, you're being a hypocrite. You're on TikTok. I am. You're right. I have to go where people are, first and foremost. Um, I have no idea. I mean, some of you who are listening might have came in from TikTok, right? Um, and if you did, great. God bless you. Uh, and so you got to go where the people are, number one. Number two is that I always knew that that was part of it, but I also looked at myself and I said, all right, I'm talking about Wisconsin sports. I don't think the Chinese government cares too much about Wisconsin sports. Uh, and yeah, and, and so that was kind of where I was like, that was my bargaining chip. And yeah, they can track stuff, bullshit, whatever. But my and my job, what I do day to day, which I don't talk about and I won't talk about here, is not something that I think would impact national security. So I, I wasn't worried about that either. And I don't talk about my job in anything I do on TikTok. So that's why I, I made the choice and I knew it would it would work out well and it has. And it's it's been a good platform for us. You know, we're you know, it's I think our second biggest account. And no, Facebook I think still is actually. Uh so it's I think it goes it goes Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Instagram just whatever. I don't even don't even get me started on Instagram. Uh, as for the ban itself, I, I don't think it'll actually get banned in the, the way it'll like it'll get banned in the way it is now. But I think what they'll tell them, and when I say they, I mean Congress. Congress is going to say you have sixty to ninety days to get to get a seller. You have to find a seller in the next ninety days, or your app is getting taken off Apple. It's getting taken off Android, and you're done. They will look for a seller. It'll likely be any of the Google, Meta, um, Snap could get involved, Twitter could get involved, uh, and and they will try to buy ByteDance, which is the TikTok parent company. If that does happen, I think you have to also dance around some antitrust stuff. You have to figure that out. Like Google, to me, is way too big to probably buy them. But if Google says, all right, we're going to make YouTube its own company, and while it's not it's not part of Google anymore, YouTube is its own company. Former Google employees are running it, but YouTube is its own company. And then, oh, YouTube has the money now to buy TikTok. There you go, right? And YouTube has YouTube Shorts, which we haven't done because I, I have no time. Like, I barely have time to get three platforms in. I missed content completely yesterday. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't have time. I probably did. But it's it's hard, man. It's hard to go two to four times a day every day, man. It's not easy, especially too when the reviews are sucking now. Like I hate that. Like that that stuff is that hurts, 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 hurts. So um, that all to say, like I I do think TikTok's probably gonna look different three or four months from now because it's gonna be it's gonna be an American company. At some point, you'll have whether it's you, whether it's Google, whether it's Snap, it's Meta, it's gonna it's gonna take a different approach. And so, what will that be? Not quite sure. We'll just have to see. For people blaming Mark, I saw someone blame Mark Zuckerberg for it, where they're like, "This is all Mark Zuckerberg is doing. It's behind the scenes." Like, shut the fuck up. That's not. It's not it. Like, learn learn about how the conflict right now with China and the U.S. is going. It's like Cold War, but with like nuclear weapons and human slaves and it's not great it's not fucking great right now between us and china so anyways 
Uh, that was maybe a little too heavy for Friday. I'm usually a no politics Friday night to Monday morning. That's usually my rule. I think nothing good comes of it, drinking and talking politics. Uh, even if you agree with people, honestly, I, I don't, you're not going to solve anything. It's a fucking Friday night. It's a fucking Saturday night. Just a lifelong belief. Try to think of other free top pockets I have. Just trying to think. I did. I did thought it was interesting. Jimmy G got like a lifetime offer from Hustlers, the strip club in Vegas. Happened to know that I went there. Um, and one of the things I, I recall, and I don't know if it's because I haven't been to many, but you kind of don't forget the strip club names you've been to. I don't know if anyone else agrees, disagrees. You don't like not remember a strip club name. Like you always just kind of know it. Like you're like, oh yeah, I went to that place. Or no, I did. Or that city, you're like, oh yeah, that, that has that that place. Now, now maybe if you know you're a big time strip club guy and you go all the time, maybe they all run together. But also, I don't know. And, and then I, I would love to like know that from like an actual legitimate like strip club connoisseur. Like if they go place to place and they you know go out business at every place they go, they go to strip club. Like, do they know the clubs? They know the good clubs. They know bad clubs. Like, and they know the names. I'm sure they're all, you know, in the same iteration. You know, they have the same sort of DJ. Come on down. Welcome, Cinnamon, to the stage. I have a great strip club DJ voice. Like, elite. And if we ever did anything with YouTube and anything like that, probably couldn't pull it off because of, like, community guidelines shit. But I would 100% do, I would love to spend a night as a, as a strip club DJ. Just do it. Like, why not? Right. It's also like, and I don't know. I just, yeah, and this now we're like getting deep in the free talk. Now I gotta go soon because they we're gonna, we're gonna completely go way off the rails. Look at name you a fucking podcast that can go from talking TikTok bands to strip clubs. But yeah, one couple of my like, I think a day in life as a strip club DJ would be fascinating. I also think working like a graveyard shift at the radio station, like doing like midnight to six would be also really interesting or like 10 to six or something like that. I don't think you actually work that anymore. I don't think there's anyone who actually works at the radio station that late uh, because it's all programmed these days, right? You know, robots, they got us. But anyways, uh, those are, those are little like things that are just out like weird bucket list items. I think we all have weird bucket list items. And those are those are some for me. I don't think I'll ever achieve them, but it's just stuff that I'm like, if I ever got that opportunity, I'd take advantage of it for sure. All right, that does it. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, that last couple minutes. I said I think I said it would be a short podcast. I ended up doing 45 minutes like I usually do. All right, it'll be a little shorter with their edits, but you get the point. All right, episode 500 on Monday. Get ready for it. It will be Mitch. It will be Murph. It will be myself. It'll be a little different. It'll be really evergreen. So you can listen to it Monday. You can listen to it, uh, you know, Thursday. It'll probably be out or like Sunday night. So you can get a head start, um, you know, as the dust settles, as we have a Final Four. And, yeah, we'll be there. And then Monday and then Tuesday I'll be back at it. And we'll talk to you guys about a whole bunch of things. We'll get Mitch back on this next week for 501. Uh, breaking down the start of the Brewer season and also the Bucks Celtics and Bucks Sixers. So we'll we'll do all that. All right. Take care, guys. You have a great weekend. Uh, I see you out.
say hi. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll try to be a little better on the uh, Instagram story. I think I always be like, oh, if I'm out, I'll say hi. But then I don't like post where I actually am, which is, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I'm like yeah, say hi, I'll buy a beer. But I never like actually like tag location or like send a picture because I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm a weird, I'm a weirdo like that where I do a podcast. I'm very like on Twitter all the time. But if I'm like at a place, I'm eating food. I rarely like take pictures of what I'm eating. I take rarely take pictures of what I'm drinking. I just feel I just I don't know. Feel weird about it. Anyways, it's own my own imposter syndrome. All right, now I'm really I'm I'm really leaving. All right, you probably already paused this podcast. So you're like, all right, I'm on I'm on to Rosillo. I'm on to Simmons. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Bye.